0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Lifeline. Well, it's not just breaking news that Taylor Swift has beaten a lot of politicians and others to be named Time Magazine's Person of the Year for 2023. But the other breaking news, the Irish Times are reporting. The Agio seeks to sell Smidix, Harp and Kilkenny Ale on margin concerns. This is from a report on the Axios website, a very reputable website in the United States of America that uh, Diageo, we, we, we call it Guinness here, even though Guinness is only one of its many, 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 many brands, one of its smaller brands, actually, uh, worldwide. Um, and then Smittix, I presume, is even smaller, and Harp and Kilkenny, but they're trying to get rid of them. But the bizarre thing is, Smittix is actually brewed. It used to be brewed in Kilkenny for over 300 years. Um, Guinness, or Smittix, is actually brewed uh, in St. James's Gate. So what happens if someone buys it? Will one of the Irish beer companies buy it and keep the name alive? Because it's only alive in Ireland. And as you know, if you've been abroad, Smittix sells in uh, Irish pubs abroad under the brand Kilkenny. But anyway, that's and Africa Kenny is based on a visitor centre, a wonderful visitor centre, which is called the Smidix Irish Ale Experience. So what happens if the brand goes out of Ireland or are there any Irish of the up-and-coming Irish craft brewers interested in keeping the Smidix name alive? Um, a tip, lots of tips. We used to do a programme totally about tips to save money. Caroline has contacted us. Caroline, good afternoon. 51551. 51551 is our text number 0818715815 or joe at rt.ie. Now, we'll keep this to ourselves. What have you discovered, Caroline, since you got a, a smart meter? Is it a smart meter? Yeah, yeah. Okay, tell us. I absolutely, this is my favourite subject in the world. Okay. I drive my friends mad. Great. So, you can see everything on the app, on your uh, Borgosh. I'm with Borgosh okay. And so it tells you exactly how, many, how much you've spent on that day. Okay. And the week, the month, you know, etc. And you can see Brilliant. everything yeah. that's going on. So since I got the smart meter, uh, I've been just going crazy. I, con- I consistently check it. I, do, I, do, I have free Sunday as well. Okay, explain explain so, free Sunday. Okay, well, now, I don't know if everybody's the same as me, but okay. Sunday is a, is a big day for me. So I get up. I The night before, I put the washing on at around 3 o'clock. In the morning? In the middle of the night. Okay. In the, I, it's, I, it's timed. I, okay. I, it's on a timer. So it goes off. So that on, on Sunday, my car is already plugged in. That stays plugged in all day to recharge. Okay. I get my washing from the washing machine, put it into the dryer, which is only used on a Sunday between nine and five. And then I spend whatever amount of the day that getting all the washing and drying done. And how many washes I would re- you do? Dark, light, how well, many washes? Do, six, okay. Uh, only on a Sunday? Only, only ever on a Sunday. Sunday. Okay, okay. No washing is done during the week. So six, six washes, six tumble dryers. Yeah. The and car is charging I- and it's a fully electric car. Yeah. Dishwasher? Dishwasher goes on. If Obviously, I have to use the dishwasher, but that goes on in the middle of the night. Okay. On um, a timer. Immersion? Never. Even on a Sunday when you, when you get such a good deal? You know what? I do. I, I put it on for the max on a Sunday just for the hell of it. But the heating uh, does the immersion as well. Okay. Electric heaters? Vianney? No. I, I've one in my bedroom and I will put that on. Um Anytime I want on a Sunday when I'm getting ready, if it's cold or whatever, but usually I have the gas on for two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening. So, And all our rechargeable gadgets now, phones, yeah. speakers, so I, iPads. Yeah, and I, I have set, yeah, they all go on. And I've sensory lights all the way in the hall, the landing, the toilets. So when you walk around downstairs at night, everything just goes on for you. And they re, they're all recharged on a Sunday. So uh, tell me, how did you discover that you have a free Sunday with this smart meter through board? Gosh, does everyone know this? No, they don't. Uh, I work in a shop part time and I'm okay. always telling the customers and they go, oh, really? I've never heard of that. I said, ring them up and get your free Sunday. But only if you're going to use it like I do. Do you know what I mean? Then other people might say, well, I'm not spending my Sunday or my Saturday. You can get it on Saturday as well. I'm not spending my Saturday or Sunday doing that. 
And that's fair enough. I love it. And so on a Sunday, I use about between 60 and 75 kilowatts. Okay. On a normal day of the week, I would only use five. Wow. So if you multiply, <laughs> so, I know I'm not, so, so six days of the week, I will only spend about 35, 40 euro. Uh, so I, I pay, I get everything done. I do 74 watts on a Sunday. So what's, and has, by the way, is there a limit on a Sunday? Is there a limit yes, of what? 100. A hundred, okay. Well, you're, you're getting close enough. And a hundred is a lot. Yeah. A hundred is a lot. So, has has your bill gone down? Now, I actually rang Borgash. The last bill I got was for 400 euro. And I, they're normally 322. And I was dying to hear what other okay. users' uh, electricity bill is. Because I've nobody to ask about theirs. But this time it was 400. I was like an antichrist. So, I rang Borgash and they explained mm. to me that because they changed their rates... They charged me and probably every customer that they have 18 extra days. So that will be coming off my next bill. Oh, okay. So that, that, that explained that. And I said, well, I had to get through to a supervisor. So what was you say, you say, Caroline, that you, you can now with the smart meter, you can read on the app how much you're spending every day on electricity. So yeah. what is your average spend? My average spend is about between 274 and 4 euros a day. And what would you use on an average day that's not a Sunday? Um, I don't use the oven during the week if I can get away with it. But I, I, my family comes over here and I do a big splash-up meal. I'm doing a big Christmas dinner this Sunday. I'll be using everything. The oven would be on for hours. The ovens are the most expensive thing along okay. with the immersion. Uh, kettles, if, I'm, if we're having ah. a, a cup of coffee, you can have as many as you want, but just put a cup in. Yeah, and the other thing people say, and we did it before in our tips program, I think it's about two years ago, people said, get a flask, boil the yeah. kettle and then fill the flask. So yeah, the, so oh, the yeah water, I'm not so, going to be that bad, you know. Okay, I mean, well, the kettle yeah, is expensive, apparently. I've got apparently. a 20-year-old yeah. in the house. Oh, then. So, yeah. Have you got an air fryer? I use that all the No, I use the Instant Pot all the time because that's cheap. What's the Instant Pot? But the instant Instapot does everything. It's an air fryer. It's a, oh, an a roaster. Okay. It's a pressure cooker. It's everything. So I use that during the week if I to do any nice. So you sit there. It's 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 Saturday night in the Griffin household. The clock is ticking yeah. towards midnight. Five, yeah. four, three, two, one. You shoot up out of the armchair and get no, all. No, the, I have it all on timer. I know. I know. I know. I know. Just, on on Sunday sounds, morning, though, I'll shoot out of the bed. Yeah, sounds so frantic. Now, you know one of the first calls we're going to get on 0818 is never put the dishwasher on at night, never leave appliances unattended, tumble dryers are lethal. Well, I only have them on on a Sunday from 9 to 5. Oh, OK, but don't you turn your washing machine on at 3 o'clock on the Sunday morning? On I the do, timer. and okay. I turn on the dishwasher at night. If I go up, I go up. I'm, that's what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I thought I'm you, when you said that, I, th- I thought you were saying when I go up to bed, you know, you say if you go up, you go up. Are you doing it for, <laughs> are you doing it for economy or for the environment? Or indeed both. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it for both, but for my bills most. <laughs> now, when so you I want to tw- you know what, what other people's bills are. And another thing I find out with customers or that come into the shop, they let their, they, they just say, say years ago they got a bill from Borgash or yeah. from Sky. And they never ring them up and say, what deals can you do for me? And there's so yeah. many deals to be had. And particularly with Sky, for example, I'm saving, I, I ring Sky for loads of my friends. Every year I have to ring Sky and okay. Borgash for my friends. And one friend I got down just last week, her Sky bill t- down 50 euro. Well done. Sky is, Sky is expensive, isn't it? Per month, even. If, if, if you, if yeah. They will just roll over and roll over if you don't ring them. And then we because always I don't hear. I somebody who's paying 181 a month. And I got it down to 80. They're paying 181 a month to Sky. Yeah, and I got it down to 80 because they just never bothered ringing them. And they had HD, which they didn't even have a HD TV, and you, and nor a HD cable. So, I mean. I just wanted people to know there's so much money they can save. 
180 a month to Sky, and anyway, the license fee is 160 for a year per annum uh, for f- 10 uh, radio yeah. stations and five television stations and the orchestra, etc., etc., etc. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's a different day. But if they just put a little bit of time every 12 months yeah. into. So, what really else, you know, how else people. do you say? Well, what about changing health health provider? If you, if you're, I, I check it every year. I check. And my insurance was, I was, the, my last year insurance company, AA. They doubled my car insurance. I went to Zurich and it was halved again. So if I hadn't bothered with AA and just let it roll over, it would have cost me an extra €400. Do you tell your friends and what do they say? Do they say, do it, will you do it for me? They all do it. They all do it. They they all do it or I kill them. (laughs) Now you know, you know, bonkers.ie, which is a great website. They compare and contrast, and they're not, they're, yeah. they're not beholden to anybody. Um, mm. Do you do you look at that site? Do you get ideas from there, or are these your yeah. own discoveries? I just, I just ring people. I just ring around, and because I like to talk to the person and go, look. I usually say to Sky, look, it's, it's not working for me. I'm going to go over to Virgin, and they get panicky, <laughs> and then they bring the bills. <laughs> and are you haggling? Yes. And I'm a very generous person otherwise. Yeah. I just refuse to give the utilities and the insurance companies and all this an easy ride. And by the way, do you, do you batch cook on a Sunday? Yes. You know, for the week? No. I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, Robert O'Neill. Here's Robert O'Neill uh, to, burst, to burst your bubble, Caroline. Yeah. 51551 text. Robert. Uh, well, how's it going, Joe? Good. Is there any such thing as a free Sunday? No, unfortunately, Joe. Um, but, so I've worked extensively in the energy uh, industry for the last, oh God, you could say six years now anyway. Yeah. And these smart meter tariffs started to be rolled out in around uh, the pandemic. We were getting trained up on it. Okay. So when I first took a look at the pan- when I took first took a look at them 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 uh, rates, the first thing that popped out was the extortion price that you're paying on the. So you have your day, your night, and the peak time. Okay. So your yeah. day, you get a reduced rate. The, the peak time, it is a, it is an extravagant high rate that they're giving you. Really, really high rate. And then then you'll go back down mm. on the night rate. The amount of money that's being charged on the unit rate in the peak time, as well as the standing charge on the uh, smart meter tariffs, covers anything that they're so-called saying that you're getting free on the weekend. Not one company in Ireland is going to give anyone anything for free. This is a sales ploy. Um, yeah, but there's there's great competition in the market. Surely, that's why yeah, they. Hold on a second, Joe. Has competition done anything for the overall price of energy that we're paying for? Well, my bills have gone down. Your bill, your bills have gone down. That's true. Your usage, yeah. not true. Your price. Well, it's true. Oh. It's true. We're going mad on a Sunday. Pardon, pardon, well, I'm, I'm, pardon, I'm, I'm, pardon my intemperate language, Caroline, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Going frantic on a Going frantic on a Sunday. My advice is to go and talk to an energy company and ask them for their standard unit rates and their standard standing charges and then compare them against the, the smart meter rates. The, the smart meter rates, well, no, I don't sell that energy, energy anymore okay. because of them. And the reason for that being is we were t- we were trained on that during the pandemic. And I remember the first round of vaccines were going out to the over 60s. I think the figure was 650,000 people over the age of 60 was in the country. My whole thing about the smart meters is, mm-hmm. is it's okay for people that are living in, living in a, a well-lit area, maybe in a town. But if you go out to the countryside and you're trying to tell an elderly person who is already fraught with frightenness with, with what's going on in the country with, you know, everything. And you're asking them to turn their lights off between five and seven. It's dark at four o'clock today, Joe. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But and we're going to be accepting that people, the elderly people, are going to be in the house but dark. Sh- but surely, by the way, do, do you have a choice in whether you get a smart meter or yes, not? Yes, you do. You, you do, you do have a choice. And I will, I will always say to everyone... When the ESB come around to change the meter, accept the new smart meter. Do not activate the smart meter. You can stay in your old tariff, but do accept them to put that in. And the reason for that being is, mm-hmm. is that in maybe five or six, maybe ten years' time, they will all go to them smart tariffs. 
And at that point, you will have to get one of them meters put in. Now, if you ring up the ESB after them offering that for free, they will put a charge on that to come out and actually fit the smart meter. So I'm always telling people, accept the smart meter, but stay on the standard tariff. Okay, stay, stay with us, Robert. Paul Mylan is in Yallan County, Cork. Paul. Oh, yeah. How are you, Joe? Good, good, good. I would just listen to the first lady here Caroline, about free Caroline, Sunday. yeah. Caroline, yeah. sorry, Caroline, about her free Sunday. We actually, myself and my wife, when my wife does all the business with the the, the network, she, um, we had a free Saturday. Ah, tell us. But, yeah, you, but we found it's the same as Caroline, you were doing your washing all day long, and I, yeah. every day I was only off on a Saturday, and I was sitting at the dishwasher or <laughs> sitting at the tumble dryer, watching it all day long and watching the clock. So we decided last April or February to go and get solar panels. Okay. And it was the best investment I ever made. Like, we went from a bill of 250 a month down, I think, to the first bill we got was 86 euro. We got a bill for 56 euro. And what was, you know, the, what was the outlay on the solar panels? The outlay, I think, at the, at the very start, Joe, I, I actually, it was about 14,000 euros, but you were getting 2,500 back of a grant. Yeah which came back very quick. And okay. I remember walking one Sunday night there and I was coming over the bridge in Yall and it came on the news on a Sunday night at 11 o'clock that Minister Raymond Ryan was after scrapping the vest. And I nearly crashed me van because I was after paying 1,700 euros in vest and I thought I wouldn't get it back. And because my the, job was registered, you see. So, and uh, what, what was the process? You get the solar panels on your roof. You get the solar panels on the roof and you get to know them, you get to live with them, you get to learn about them. So what we've done is mm-hmm. uh, we, we go on a nighttime rate electricity. So a nighttime rate, we can charge our solar panels uh, with almost free at nighttime. Ah. So when we get up in the morning, my kids can get into the shower, the free shower, and we actually cook the dinners in the morning while the batteries are full. We're wasting each charge, we're costing no electricity. Is that lad on the buyback no. scheme as well? Uh, um, Say it again? Are you on the sell-back scheme as well? Are you selling your excess energy back to the grid? Setting it, setting it back, yeah. No, it, it, we only got, we got 10 panels. And okay. we got a, a, an eddy, a thing called an eddy in as well, and it heats the water. And yeah. myself and my wife were only making the point there last week that the winter has been very good to us because the days are bright and sunny and it's yeah. charging the battery all the way up to 3 o'clock. So, but, how much, know, but how much did you spend in total? I spent about 11000 in total after we got the VAT back and the design. And the, the yeah, okay. But Joe, since April, we've saved seven or 800 euros on ESP bills. Okay. And it's a long-term project, obviously. Well, like... You get your money back over a few years. That's your point. Well, after after five, or five six months now, we've seven or 800 euros saved in electricity. You know what I mean? And if there was an ESB strike, you could still have electricity. Is that true? You still have it. You can switch over, yeah. You can still wow. have electricity. We, we, um, when the battery was full there a couple of, about two months ago, the power went off in our state and we were able to switch over and we had electricity till it came back on. You see, Robert, stay there, Paul. Robert, um, like, are we number one or number two in the, in the EU for the cost of electricity? Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're, up, we're up at the top. We are, we are one of the most expensive. Look, when you're going with solar panels and you can get onto a system like that, that's okay. That's 100%. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people, and no disrespect to the last caller, but not a lot of people have 14,000 euros to, to throw around. Yeah, no, no. Um, you know? Um, my biggest concern is the cost to the elderly people. And they're afraid. Like, before these tariffs came in, they were, we were talking about food or heat. You know, and now the bills have gone up and any time a representative from any one of them companies come to you, they're automatically automatically pushing you towards them yeah. tariffs. Okay. When they're not the cheapest. So that's it. And yeah. Yeah, who not. are you with then, Robert? Who am I with? Yeah. I'm with Electric Ireland. Okay. On um, a standard rate. On the standard, right? Okay. No, no, no. no and I, I, and I, Robert, what do, what do you think of Caroline's life on a Sunday? Well, it's, it, that's, it's her choice. You know? <laughs> like, that's fair play to her. Sunday is not a day of rest in the Griffin household anyway, I can tell you yeah, that. Yeah. From 3am in the morning. Caroline, in my house. Caroline, speak freely. But by doing everything, well, on, doing everything on a I Sunday... Is I your, absolutely love it. Is your life, does your Everybody. life not become joyless when you're, when you're watching no, everything? No, relaxing. I just get on my iWatch and I just keep saying to her, set a timer for an hour and a half, set a timer for an hour and a half, 
So I'm just literally relaxing and then I just pop down, change everything over, come and just go back to the sitting room and watch TV or whatever I'm doing. It doesn't, you know. And are you, are you, when you, when you do this, Caroline, when you sit back down on the couch, are you pouring? Are you satisfied? Are you? I'm smiling. <laughs> the cat who got the cream. Yeah, the only one that's smiling when we're talking about energy rates is the energy companies. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, you know, you, you did make a comment there earlier on about all the competition. To be honest, Joe, I think we were sold a swanny down, down the liffy there when they told us about the privatisation of the energy sector. The, the energy sector has proven, it's proven point blank, that mm. in certain circumstances competition is good, but in this circumstances, it's not good. The, the Irish people well, are there is a competition. There is a, well, there is. A, well, we know we're, we're yeah, way there is the CRU, yes. and the CRU yeah. do get their funding. That their funding comes from the energy companies. No. Okay. Okay. So, like you know, it's like you're not going to go against the lad that's paying you. So this is just the way that okay, this okay, system works, no, guys. My advice is yeah, don't sign up to anything yeah. until you check all. Tariffs. Okay. 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 I better go, Joe. Okay. 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 See, are you the independent regulator, uh, Car- Caroline? And, from the energy companies. Uh, I take that point, and the same with other. Okay. Uh, and, Thanks uh, very much, Joe. Okay, Robert. Good evening, Robert O'Neill, Paul Myland, and Caroline. Are your other days full of fun? Yes, I keep. I'm very, very busy. <laughs> t- two jobs, um, and and yeah, I just absolutely love it. Well as long as I'm saving money in the home, I'm away in a hack. Okay. And my son now, even on Sundays, he goes around turning off the lights. And I said, Michael, it's Sunday. He goes, I know, but it's just inbuilt in me. <laughs> it's inbuilt. OK, Caroline, well well spotted. But as I say, Robert Robert is throwing a fly into the ointment, so to speak. And uh, basically the, the line is shop around. But even Robert says, even if you do shop around... Uh, what do you end up with? Um, okay, good evening, Margaret, Caroline, Griffin, Joe with RT.ie, 51551. Remember, uh, we are still looking for your self-published books. It's uh, in two weeks from now, we'll be doing your self-published books. And remember, I got one book in this morning. There was a name on the book, obviously the writer, but no contact details. We need contact details stapled or pasted or super glued to the cover of the book so we can contact you if we have space for you uh, in a fortnight. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Declan Hard contact us. Declan, what happened? Joe, yeah. Uh, last Sunday, I have um, a special needs okay. adult daughter. She's 42 now. Okay. And she's in full-time residential care in St. Yeah. Michael's house in Donovan. But uh, and normally I take her out on a, on a Sunday, you know, just mm-hmm. for the afternoon yeah, or evening. Yeah. So last Sunday, um, I dropped my wife shopping in Coolock, went to Donovan to, to pick up my daughter, and then came back uh, to the shop to, to uh, meet my wife again. But literally, just as they arrived in the car park of the shopping centre, my daughter announced that she needed to go to the toilet. Okay. Now, when she normally when she says that, you have a very short window, Joe, I know from okay. experience. So I just looked, uh, I got out of the car, and there was a store just across from me, so I said, right, I'll go in there. Uh, I brought my daughter in. Mm-hmm. I held her, held her by the hand. Went over to a, a mature lady uh, assistant and explained. Look, I said I'm terribly sorry, but uh, my daughter has special needs and she needs to go to the toilet. Okay. Uh, to which the lady responded, "Nobody is allowed to use our toilets. You mm-hmm. can use the toilet in the Aldi supermarket next door." Now I was totally mm-hmm. shocked and taken aback by that, Joe. But did she have a just in front, Did she have a toilet? Do you reckon? Well, every oh well, of course. Yeah. It's like it was, it's a big store, Joe. Oh, it was a big store. Okay, they, oh, sorry. it's a big store, and obviously they would have a staff toilet. You know. Now, when she said use Aldi's, equally I knew that Aldi's don't have public toilets; that they only have a staff toilet as well. Any case, like given the urgency of the situation, I, I didn't really have time to stop and argue with her. So. Again, I took my daughter Mm -hmm. by the hand, out, walked uh, across and into Aldi's, down the checkouts. Unfortunately, my wife was just finishing her shopping just at this time. So uh, we went up to the the checkout assistant, a young lad. Again, very briefly, I explained that the the young fellow, he immediately stopped what he was doing. 
uh, took my wife and daughter over, gave her the key into the staff toilet, uh, oh, which, which was brilliant, you know. But two minutes later, then my wife came out and beckoned oh, me okay. across and she said, look, unfortunately, my yeah. daughter's had a little accident. Yeah, okay. uh, we're just a little bit too late. So I stayed with my daughter while my wife went out. And again, another young lad assistant from Aldi said, look, he said, go over there. What you need is over in that corner over there. When you come back, he said, don't bother queuing. Come straight to me. I'll scan your, your items through and you can deal with your daughter straight away, which he did. And so we got it all sorted eventually, mm-hmm. Joe. But so three, was, three it, cheers for Aldi. Absolutely, Joe. And the contrast between the attitude of two young lads compared to the, the lady assistant in the other store it could not be more pronounced, Joe. I was totally disgusted. And it totally just happened angry. before, yeah. Declan. Have you been refused before? No, I haven't, Joe. No, this is the first time I've ever been refused, okay. you know? Absolutely, the first time I've ever been. Now, normally, like I know my daughter, I know the nature, and we generally try and plan our journeys that we're, we're, we're never too far. Yeah, um, I understand. You know, yeah. From facilities, okay. shall we say. You know? Now, in fairness, the, the, the fourth shopkeeper, did, did they say, like, we've had problems before or we don't have the facilities enough or... No, no, they did. Just like, like the, the, there's a reasonable size staff in this store, Joe. So they must have a, a staff toilet. And to be honest, I just didn't have the time to stop and dis- have a discussion with them because I knew uh, that my daughter's situation was was urgent. So I just needed to get her to a toilet as quickly as possible. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. Sometimes. People can say, oh, the last... But, but then again, I'm looking at the two of you in my head, Declan, yeah, and here yeah, you are mm-hmm. with your 42-year-old daughter, which means you're a yeah. mature man. You're hardly trying yeah. to You're hardly trying to get in behind the uh, counter. <laughs> I know, yes. yeah, yeah. And, like, I was holding my daughter by the hand, and you would right. know by... Like, she's verbal, Joe, but, yeah. but she probably has the mental attitude of a four or a five-year-old girl. But she fully understands what's going on in her body, but she couldn't probably fully verbalise it. But certainly when when she needs to go to the toilet, she's able to communicate that. And it would be obvious uh, to to the store assistant that uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And my daughter, you'd know after two seconds that she is a lady with special needs. And she she still got upset, I presume. Yeah, uh, no, she did. Uh, She she was getting more and more upset. So I I, I just had to bring her out and get her to bring her into Aldi's. Now, do you have, as I say, you know the way some people, when we did it beforehand on the programme, some people have a card from the doctor to say there is there is a, a medical situation. Would you be Would you please let let this person and their carer use the uh, staff uh, facilities? Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's something yeah, uh, I should arrange with St. Michael's House now. Well, maybe, anyway, I don't know if it is available you know, or not. But, yeah, but, anyway. but, but I say that the refusal pretty, was just yeah. so blunt. Oh, yeah, okay. the refusal was just so blunt. I was totally taken aback and shocked by his jaw, you okay. know? And, it's, and you it say, the, as you're I saying, and your point is it's never happened before. Never happened okay. before, yeah. Okay. And it wasn't a question like, oh, look, I'm terribly sorry and explain. It was just a total blunt refusal Joe, okay you know? okay Declan yeah, well kind yeah, regards to yeah, you and your daughter yeah. and okay. and everyone in St Michael's house in Donamede it's a great great spot and well done to uh, all the residents there and all the staff that's Declan Hart Karen good afternoon hi Joe how are uh, you we raised this not too long ago what what it's it's again it's, it's a what is a selfish people parking in parent and child spaces what happened yeah, absolutely, Joe. I suppose I'm just so frustrated um, with the lack of availability of parents and child spaces mm-hmm. um, for, for young parents. I suppose the world is tough enough without dealing with, with, with those sort of challenges. Lots of car, park, car parks don't have a parent and child designated yeah, spaces. A few of them, yeah. Um, yeah, and I suppose those that have, I find continually, they're occupied maybe by people that don't actually need those spaces. How do you know? Um, How do you know? How do I know? I suppose yeah. I've seen. I've seen, seen maybe. Okay. Would you challenge? Seen people. Would you challenge? I have. Okay. I have done reaction. In the past and I reaction. 
reaction, I suppose, is just just complete uh, oblivion. Um, that's the reaction you get. I suppose people feel like maybe they have an entitlement because of their their age, maybe or whatnot, mm-hmm. that they should be able to, to park closer to the door. But I suppose my point is. Look, it's not about proximity to shopping centre yeah. doors or whatnot. It's about that extra space Based that you to have. Get everything to in get and out, buggy and everything. Buggy yeah. Absolutely. Out now, of is there, Karen, is there, is there a demographic as to who you've discovered parking? Um, it's, not a, it's not illegal, but we're probably against the bylaws of that particular car park. I don't, don't know what they can do about it. But um, have, have, is there a demographic of the people who do? Um, hijack the, the parent and uh, baby spaces? I suppose from my experience, yes, there is. Um, so probably fellow young parents, I think people will be sympathetic. If you have young kids of your own, you understand that those spaces are, are needed. Um, mm. Maybe there's kind of a sense of entitlement from maybe the older cohort mm. um, that they should be able to, to park in those parent and, and toddler spaces. But what I can see is there's, I suppose less respect for the designations of parents and baby spaces than there would be for maybe the, the disability spaces. You know, people are reluctant to park in the disability space. OK, you say you had, you, had a run in, you had a run-in, pardon the pun, last weekend. What happened? What happened? Um, I suppose I was queuing in the car park. It was quite a busy day. Um, and I was just I drove around the car park as I, I normally would, and there was a, a car in front of me. Um, and I was approaching the, the parent and baby spaces section, seeing a, a young mother come out with her buggy and her kids. Um, and the car in front of me obviously sp- spotted this as well. Okay. So she stopped, held up the entire car park. All the cars started building up behind us, waited for the, the lady to, to get her, her kids and all her belongings into the car and uh, proceeded, I suppose, then to, to, to park in the, the mother and baby space. Um, and I suppose... I was aware of all the cars backing up and I suppose the the um, audacity, I suppose, for want of a better word, of parking in the space. And I, I watched as the lady got out of her car, rolled down the window and I said to her, look, are you aware this is a, a parent and mm-hmm. baby space? Mm-hmm. And she says, yes, yes, I am. And I said, and have you got a baby with you? Because I've often seen okay. people jump out of the car without kids. And yeah, but then you discover, yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said... I just waited for her response and she said to me, well, I have two bad knees. Uh, and I mm. said, well, that, that's fair enough, but I have kids in the back of the car and I could really do with that space. And she just looked at me and she said to me, I'm sure you're well able to walk, but that's not the point. I've no problem walking, Joe. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty keen to get the steps in every day, but, but what I need and what other parents need is that space, and that's what those... Well, those it's, it's, a woman with, it's a woman with the bad knees, which is awful. It's awful. Could she, did she have a disabled sticker, I wonder? No, she she didn't seem to, because I said yeah. to her, look, there's disabled spaces just over here. If you have a sticker, park in them. That's what they're there for. Okay. Um, just, just walked off into the shop. Would you tell her what, 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 if, if you told the, the owner of the car park, i.e. the supermarket or whatever, what can they do? Can they I'm enforce not sure, it? Joe. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, okay. I haven't checked the laws. I suppose for me, the main thing is look, highlighting awareness. Uh, maybe there's an education piece yeah highlighting awareness that's what it's all about yeah. Karen yeah. kind regards especially busy busy time every day with with young children busier now coming up to Christmas Karen thanks indeed joe at rt.ie talk to joe on 0818 715 815 talk to joe on 0818 715 815 and joe at rt.ie was this day last week around this time actually that we had uh, Jerry O'Mahony of the IABA, the Irish Amateur Boxing Association, there was, um, as a result of the Ukraine war, the government the government and a number of other countries uh, said that any Irish competitor, and any code, I presume, who came up against a Russian competitor in a competition uh, was strongly encouraged not to box, in other words, to give the Russian a walkover. And this became a stark reality last weekend when young John Donoghue, who's only uh, 15 years of age, got through to uh, the uh, last, the, qu- the quarterfinal. Um, in other words, he was guaranteed a bronze medal. But uh, the, his opponent was a Russian. So at this time last week, it looked like John, who was boxing extraordinarily well as usual, 
um, was giving his um, game away, so to speak, and the Russian would get the silver medal by simply uh, claiming a walkover. And this generated a lot of interest in this programme and a lot of upset, and people thought uh, we have moved on in terms of... uh, we've registered our protests against the Russians and then the government the previous evening well a number of government spokespeople had said that the uh, IABA would not be sanctioned if they let John continue and fight uh, the Russian and the IABA were still worried about it but anyway live on air Jerry O'Mahony in fairness to him said okay let's go let let John Donahue box and not only did he win the next fight he won the next fight and he's now a world boxing champion first of all his mother Bridget Donahue Bridget good afternoon Hiya how's it going? And congratulations Thanks very much Well were you over there in Armenia with him? No, I wasn't. I didn't go. I was back here with my other children. Okay, and there's other boxers in the family as well. But uh, t- oh, t- tell us about John's John's training for the World Boxing Championships. Oh, oh God, his blood, sweat and tears. Twice yeah. every day, he was cutting his eating, his eating habits off. Yeah. It, was, it was tough, it was tough. But it was worth it in the end. Sure was. And when you heard this day last week... Um, that um, and I think we spoke to Tina last week, didn't he? John's grandmother. grandmother yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now I remember. Um, so when you heard last week that John would have to give the Russian a walkover, what was your reaction? Uh, we were devastated because he, if it, we like we knew he did all the hard work to get there, and we knew he deserved it. And he sure did. He sure did. And uh, when did you when did you discover that he was the world champion? Oh, we were watching it on the telly, and we were Brilliant. all screaming on the ground. Me and his father was we were <laughs> I words couldn't express the feeling that what that we got. Magic, magic. Is is he beside you? Is he home from school? He's here beside me. Yeah, he's here. John Donahue, world boxing champion, world junior championships in Armenia. Great, great achievement, John. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Well done, well done. What was it like this day last week when you didn't know, well, I think you knew by uh, three o'clock that the, the IABA had said yes, but when you didn't know uh, and you thought you were going to have to give the Russian a walkover, what was that like, John? I was bad. It was just, just devastating, really. Yeah. And what would you have done? Would you, you would have had to come home, would you? No, they'd have to stay dead. No, we had to stay until the competition was over. Oh, everyone stays to the end anyway. But you'd be sitting there knowing that you you were well able to get into the ring with the Russian, but you'd have to give him a walkover now. Um, so so you, you, when did you hear that the, the ban had been lifted? A uh, few hours before my fight. Okay, and tell us, what was the... Were you, were, how, were you, how was your head when you discovered, okay, I've got, I'm going to box him now? Um, were you nervous? No, no, I was confident. <laughs> good man, good man. And what was he like as a fighter? Uh, he was all right. He was just very big. Very big. Okay, okay. Now, you know, you, you in one sense, I know it only changed at this time last week, but there was another, uh, Tegan Farrelly, uh, one of our female boxers, was heartbroken. She had to withdraw before before last Wednesday after drawing... Uh, Russian opponent. So you bet the Russian, and who did you who did you box next, John? Uh, Greece. He was two-time European champion. Wow. So which was a harder fight? I presume the Greek. Yeah, he was a tough. He was a tough now. And how did you do in that round by round? Uh, it was just to keep it nice and long. He was just he was small and very strong, so I just kept moving around, just keeping long jabs, and all that was it. And so, in other words, you had a game plan. Yeah. And who was your trainer? Who's your coach? Uh, my, like, my original coach is Johnny Joyce. Okay. And yeah, then he's the man. And there's a team out there now. Uh, well done, and you have the medal, I presume, and pride of place in your house. Yeah. Have you gone? In, have you gone back into school yet? No, I'm Friday. 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 Well, I hope they're going to do something, are they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A world champion. And what year are you in yeah. in school, John? 50. Good man, good man. Okay, the Olympics 
next year. Well, I know boxing can be in, in difficulty, but um, are you are you hoping to represent Ireland? And uh, no, not till twenty twenty eight. That's when I'm eligible to do it. Okay, and then it's what? It's in where? Where's it's Paris next year? And I think it's LA yeah. in twenty eight. LA, 28. yeah. Okay, but that's what you're aiming for. Yeah, it is. Okay, and when you got the news, go back a bit that you were going to box the Russian, and you thought you'd have to give him a walkover. What was that like for you? Uh, I was just. It was bad. It was just. Thought it was all over. Really. You were devastated. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, do you do you do you talk to the? Okay, I know you're a great sportsman. So at the end of the bout, you shake hands and and wish him well. But is was there any communication with the Russians at all? I know there's a language difficulty. No, no, not really. No. Just meet them in the ring, have a few okay. chats, and that's really it. And did you before you boxed the Russian? Did you did you watch uh, TV footage of him boxing? No, no, never, never watched okay. my phone. Okay, but uh, and your opponent, the Greek. You said the Greek chap. What type of boxer was he? He was he was, sh- he was shorter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When did you start training? When did you start boxing? I was nine. Good lad. And you're fifteen. Who else? Who else was? Uh, you're fifteen, but your brother Jason. Yeah, he's fourteen. And he seven. come in, Bridget. Yeah, he won. He won silver at the European Championships. Fantastic, fantastic, Bridget. We'll have to get you a new china cabinet for all these, all these medals, all these medals and tro- uh, medals and trophies that the, that the lads are bringing back. That's fantastic. And was there, is there any from on your side or your husband's side, or uh, sometimes it's just a great local uh, trainer that inspires people? Is there any history of competitive boxing in the family, Bridget? No, there's no there's no history at all. My two boys is the first. The first is the Dunhouse. So you have a world champion in your house and you have a silver, um, uh, a European champion, silver medalist. That's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. Um, and you're looking, you're looking forward to the, um, to the next, to the next few years. So you, it's got, oh, the it's next level now, please next go level. now next year. Now the two boys, now the two boys are going to the Europeans together. Great. I love that because the two of them, the two of them, they, they chive off each other. Yeah. They're very <laughs> close and you know, they do everything okay. together. Jason went to the Armenia with him and was cheering him on all the way. Ah, magic. Him and his grandfather and magic. his grandfather. Grandmother. And congratulations as well to Sheila Lawless who got a gold and Mary oh, McDonough who took took a bronze. So well done, yeah, Bridget. Brilliant. And and yeah. keep it up. Have a have a great day in school on Friday, John. On Friday, yeah. yeah. I hope I hope your 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 mates carry your shoulder high and you're bringing you're bringing the medal That's in, it. I presume. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Joe, well, can I bring up uh, yes. the Olympic Boxing Club? Yes, of course. Like, yes. Just to mention, like, they are a small boxing club, and like, they've got two European champions, three European silver champions, two European bronze, world champion, elite champion. Like, and they, they need a lot of support. Like, like it keeps all the kids off the streets. Like, they're amazing what they Incredible, do for the children. Yeah. Incredible. And boxing. And thanks to all the CDs and you, yeah. Joe, yourself, and everyone that was supporting John on this journey. Okay, so and it's boxing. Boxing sometimes doesn't get the financial help it deserves because it's a fantastic sport, a fantastic cold yeah. one, and and probably more so than any other sport. Bridget and John, as you know, and your examples of it, uh, we bring home more more uh, trophies from in boxing than That's most it. other sports. Okay, Bridget, Bridget, keep your feet on the ground now, won't you, with all those champions in your oh, house? I will. I think I'll take the training up myself and become a boxer myself. <laughs> well done, well done, well done. <laughs> Thanks uh, Congratulations much, again, Bridget and John Dunhill. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. I see one text in there saying, I park in the uh, parent and baby spot. I have a disability, but I don't qualify for a blue badge. And uh, I find it handy and um, no apologies. Patrick, uh, good afternoon. Parent and child spaces, back to disabled spaces. Uh, Hello, Joe. How are you? Good, thanks. You have a permit? I have a permit, yeah. And what happened? What I've noticed, what I've noticed in, in a couple of supermarkets I visited over the last whatever 
12 months, a couple of years, etc., etc. Uh, people parking in um, both the, the, the disabled parking spaces and um, able-bodied people, young, old, etc., pairs, couples, uh, and uh, total disregard. And when you notice that I and in you three supermarkets in a particular town. Okay, and do you challenge, Patrick? I know you've more. I have to be challenged. Doing. I have challenged a couple, yeah, and I've been told to, you know, off, etc. And your own business. I'm only, I'm only popping in for a minute, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah. And I might say something like, "Well, there are only two spaces here. What about if some an, a, other disabled person comes in? Well, yeah. There is a third space further down. Uh, I might say something like, uh, I have said something like, uh, "Well, what about if the second person comes in? They have to go looking for a space elsewhere." But you've occupied it. Oh, I'm only going in for a couple of minutes. Blah, blah, blah. Could be a young woman. It could be a young man. And when, you, and when you challenge, do you ever get um, a driver saying, oh, you're right, sorry, I apologise. I... Oh, yes, I have I have found that too, yeah. But sorry is only five letters, Sean. But I mean, not only do they say sorry, they reverse back out and go looking for a no. space elsewhere. No, no, they don't do that. Occasionally, somebody has done that, yeah. They don't don't they don't like to be challenged either. Nobody wants a, a conflict, etc. Do they? Yeah. What can you? What can you? I mean, who enforces this? Can you go to the shop itself, or? Well, yes, I have gone to the shop uh, in a couple of those supermarkets in, in the same town, and I have gone, gone to the manager. But it's difficult sometimes to find out who is the manager. But on, on a couple of occasions, I have found okay. access and discussed it with the young manager, and he said there's nothing he, they can do about it. And I, uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he would he, he did say actually on one occasion. Well, I I I I had had to go out and ask people to, to move, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he he found the same reaction. He was telling me. I think maybe the spaces in these private car parks outside supermarkets could be better uh, posted. Maybe a sign up as well as the mark on the uh, on the street would yeah. be possibly a help. You know, well, I thought I thought parking. Well, there's not many parking wardens around. I thought parking wardens would enforce it, but again, if it's on private property, they might yeah. say we've no remit. That's it. I don't know who has that. I have said to some people on occasion, "Look, I'm going to report you to the to the IWA." Oh, go ahead and do that. The wheelchair Association, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure what powers the wheelchair have about that. I think maybe they could follow. I've also and it's said not it's it's not easy to get a permit. Sure, as, as we discovered there from the previous caller, it's not easy to get a permit. You have to have it a certain is. level of disability, don't you? Yeah, but it is and it isn't. Okay. I remember being I remember being in a certain town in, in, uh, near the eastern seaboard, shall we say, and this man parked in a parking space on the street, and he walked over across to, to the bank to do his business. Mm-hmm. The ATM, and I challenged him on the same thing. Oh, he says I have a, I, I, I have a permit. He didn't need a permit. I was well able to walk. I could see it. Okay. He didn't even have a walking okay. stick. He, he was a he was a young middle aged man. That's mm-hmm. one isolated incident, you know. But there are several situations where I would not have challenged. Basically, oh look, if I stick my neck out, I'm only going to get my head cut off. Yeah, and then I, I, I notice as well as. Um, as well as disabled spots, rightly so. There's also, as we're discovering now and have been talking about before, parent and child spots. And the other mm. one I know was I was in Rohini Library in Dublin the other morning and it was uh, an a, it said age-friendly spot. Right. I presume that's... Well, that I, it's, it's, and it's written in pr- proper... Uh, on the ground. And, um, yeah. But I presume that's for people who are old-age pensioners. But then again, how do you... A lot of old age pensioners don't look over 65 or 66. They look great. But anyway, stay there, Patrick. Murray, Joe at RT.ie, 51551. You, you park, you say, in the parentage. Go ahead, Murray. Oh, I have been known to do it in the past, uh, in the uh, later in the evening when the children are in bed. Okay. Because they get the premium spots right outside the door of the supermarkets. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Senior citizens get no places to park that have mobility problems. You have to apply for a blue badge in order to get one of those spaces, which costs money as well. Don't get it for nothing, but the parent and child ones are free from the supermarket. And have you ever been checked, as they say, Mairead? Has anyone ever said it to you? No, no, I would have loved for someone to challenge me. And I would have asked them, where are the places for senior citizens that have mobility problems with arthritis, their legs, etc. 
and you say there should be sorry Patrick of course you should be able to get a permit in that case all you've got to do is talk to your doctor you shouldn't have to do that if if parent and child ones are free but I did get a badge and the doctor had to stamp it it then had to be brought to the police had to get photographs taken and then be sent away to be approved and did you no, get I it? Didn't find, I, I didn't find that in my application for, for a permit over the years, uh, perhaps because I'm a regular uh, permit no, holder. No, but you cannot... You can... Uh, it, it, this comes under uh, that you're only able to walk so far. Oh, yes, to, uh, 50 metres, like 20 40 metres. 40 metres or 50 metres, yeah. something like that. I, I, could, I could say sometimes... I you're OK if you have walk. a trolley on front of you, you have something to balance you when you get inside. <laughs> It, it works as a walking aid. Would you, Maraid? Would, yes. Maraid, would you, would you, would you park in a disabled space if you were stuck? Never. Okay. But okay. I am allowed to park in them now because I have the blue badge. You have the blue badge. So yeah. it's just uh, you say parent and child. But say, say a parent had to run out to a supermarket at eight o'clock at night. There was no one to mind the child. They had to bring the child with them. Well, a child. Yeah, well, if, if, if there was free, there's loads of parking spaces for parent and child there's actually in some places a lot more than there are for people with disabilities and you think that's unfair I do yeah okay, have you... speaking, I suppose if you look at that in the round uh, if, if you consider that it's I won't say mainly but it's mothers with children who do the shopping the, so we're talking about like very having... young children the reason they get those spaces is because they have to open the door wider to get the child yeah, out, yeah. which is the same thing that happens with a person with a disability. You have to fully open the door before you can get out because your legs are not working good. But you, are you saying to me, Ray, there are too many parent and child spaces now close to the door of a supermarket? Well, I'm not complaining unless they even it out by doing the same thing for senior citizens because senior citizens have spent thousands and thousands in those supermarkets when they were rearing their children. And have you seen, I've seen it now, as I say, I think I've seen it in two places, age-friendly spaces for older people. They've known, they've known anywhere I shop around here. Like the county council have been talking, South Dublin County Council have been speaking about uh, maybe putting, but there's no sign of them. Well, they've been talking about doing it, yeah? Yeah, because I sent them in information about that they have them in parts, other parts of the country. And where, okay, where else? You've done a bit of research. Where else have they got them? Longford, Tesco, I think. I haven't okay. seen them down in my town. one no. I know, yeah. In the Midlands, no. Yeah. I haven't seen any down around my, in my, in my, my town. Well, there could be more, but that's, that's one of the ones I know there is. That's the one I sent them in. Okay, stay there. Five one double five. Parts of Dublin might. Parts of maybe Northside might have a couple. I'm not sure. Claire, good afternoon, Claire. Got that Fingal County Council. Yes, stay there, Mareda and Patrick. Claire Walsh. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? What do you think? I'm great. How are you? What do you think of this? um, The parent and child spots. I honestly think it's just drama over nothing. Um, I have no problem with prioritising. Spaces for disabled people. Mm-hmm. They should, by all accounts, have them near the door. Mothers and children, they don't have to be right on the doorstep. I'm speaking from experience. I had twins in London. We didn't even oh, have right. double trolleys in those days. I lived to tell the tale. I'm in my 60s now. I'm probably approaching disabled, but thankfully, I'm still fit and healthy. I can go to mm-hmm. any car park, any spot. That's just my take on it. I just think there's too much focus on, you know, mothers and children. And when I was in London, I had to take my kids with me. You know, we didn't have family yeah, but that was, there that, or whatever. Things changed. That was 30 years ago, you told me. Um, like, yes, things uh, have changed, yes. But uh, are they, people are still able okay, to... OK, the parents with children, do you not accept they need wider spaces to get the buggies in and out? And, OK. I, I didn't say they didn't need wider spaces. I said they didn't need spaces right outside the door. And then the other benefit of having uh, a child, parent and child space near the door is safety. You're not you're not traipsing across a busy car park where cars reversing left, right, and centre, um, with two toddlers running amok. Well, they shouldn't be running amok. Oh, we know that. I know that. But it's not easy looking after children, as you well know. You're speaking to converters here. I know. No need to sing to the choir, okay? 
So okay. I'm speaking from experience, okay? Okay, and what you, 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 my, you think is molly coddling? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, that's clear. That's clear, Claire. And uh, that's that's Claire Walsh. Where's Sean Kelly? Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Uh, your point, please, Sean. Yeah, I was just saying that I was in Dundrum on Saturday and right beside the mobility shop where people with disabilities and mobility issues um, want to get scooters. They have There's now a, a cycle rack for bicycles where there's not enough spaces for people with disabilities who have mobility issues to go and get access to the shop. And also I'm aware in, and it's in Bray that the, just as you were saying, the mm-hmm. mom and toddlers are right outside the door where it's disability people have to go walk too far. Um, my partner has a mobility issues and she is not able to walk that far. Even though it's only four spaces, that's the difference. But are you saying that some disabled spots are being sacrificed now for bicycle racks? Well, I'm not 100% sure, but I remember thought there, was, there were disabled spots right outside. There is some, but where a prime spot for disabled parking is now where there's cycled bicycle racks mm-hmm. on level 2M there. I did. Okay. I did try to contact them, but they haven't got back to me yet about why why was that decision made. Okay, and what what do you think of the number of parents and child spots? Uh, uh, Claire said there it's molly coddling. No, I don't think it's molly coddling. There's a necessary for that. There's a reason, but I I do think that people with mobility issues would need them right beside the door, not necessarily mum and baby, but um, that's. That's where we are. Okay, we'll find out because there's more demand. You're right, there's more demand on spaces now in public for bicycles, for these rent-a-bikes, for these e-scooters. It goes on and on. Okay, thanks, Steve, Sean, Kelly. Thanks, Claire, and thanks, Murray. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. I'm sure you've heard 2nd Avenue, 67th Street in New York mentioned from time to time, be it in movies going back over years or uh, movies more recently, 2nd Avenue, 67th Street. Well, they're going to change the name of that uh, incredible street in New York and they're going to change it to the name of uh, an Irish person who was a member of the New York Police Department. Jer uh, McAuliffe. Jer, good afternoon. You're the great grandnephew of the man whose name is going on this uh, 2nd Avenue, 67th Street. Tell us about him, Ger. That's right, uh, Joe. He was born here in Nakakumar and Wheeling in North Park in uh, 1879. Okay. He lived in the house. I live in the present house inside in the kitchen this minute, wow. aren't you? Brilliant. That he came out of. And uh, he went to... Wheeling National School, I suppose, and grew up around, worked on the farm, and... Uh, Done different jobs, I suppose, and he, he was a fifth of seven children, and uh, his three of his siblings had immigrated early in the late 1890s. Okay. And uh, he followed him in 1902. He got on a ship in Cove yeah. and uh, the Teutonic, the SS Teutonic, and he landed in um, Ellis Island, I suppose, nine or ten days later. And Willie, Willie, well, Willie McAuliffe was 22 when he left Ireland. He was only... Willie McAuliffe was 22 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he so landed we... in Ellis Island. Yes. And uh, he worked in different jobs. Uh, he worked... Uh, he got a job as a train... Um, servicing train engines. And uh, different jobs. And in 1910, he joined the XYPD. Yeah. The NYPD. And he was based in 67th Avenue. Worked out of that barracks. Okay. So and he was well he was well got with his superiors and his co workers okay. and there was never any rumors in the reports afterwards that he was not liked. But then on the fatal day of March eighteenth, mm-hmm. nineteen sixteen, he had stopped at his beat as usual and uh, and uh, the, around the sixty seventh block and he turned the corner into sixty seventh Avenue and two men come up behind them. One was tall, the other one was smaller. They came out the doorway, stood right walking behind him, shot him in the back, 
and he fell forward onto the pavement. Oh, God. The taller guy supposedly stood over him, looked down, and he indicated to the smaller fella to shoot him again, which he shot him into the back of the head. And uh, they met off down an avenue uh, and laneway off the 67th Avenue and disappeared under the New York sky. And did they he, big, yeah, keep talking. Did he ever find out why? No, that's what I just come to. That was a big investigation. Okay. Yeah, of course. And uh, it went on and on, and uh, the big search. Uh, he was moved straight away to hospital there, but he was pronounced dead. I'd say he died instantly, Joe. But the investigation followed, and... Uh, and what age, what age was he when he was murdered? He was uh, 36. He was oh in the age Yeah, oh my he God. was 36. Uh, he had he was lived with his aunt in uh, in uh, mm-hmm. 67th Avenue, not, not far from where he worked, a couple hundred yards. But uh, there was no one ever found. There was different theories, and uh, one was that he was done for mistaken identity, which mm. was this uh, was wasn't the, the the officer investigating said it wasn't a reality because there was nobody look like him in the, that department of where he worked out of. Mm. And the other one was that it was possibly a mafia job. The Italian mafia were very frequent in that area at the time. But there was never, ever anyone brought to justice after years and years of investigation. But um, uh, And where where is Willie buried? He's buried in Calvary Cemetery in Queens. Ah, he's buried okay. with his aunt and his uh, older okay. brother. So who led the who led the campaign to get the street renamed? I say I wouldn't say there was any campaign led job, but I suppose the New York Police Department yeah. are great to look after their own, even that it was a hundred years on. Uh, you know he's dead one hundred and seven years, and uh, it was the you know, the NYPD that put up this street, and the New York City Council, where of course had to give permission for it. they were behind it. Well, that's a pretty uh, yeah. Which is a great honour. And when will the name, when will we be able to go onto Google Earth and put in Patrolman William McCall of Way and be directed to that street on the. On the oh, it's it 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 up there already. It was unveiled. Oh, was it? Uh, two oh, brilliant, ago. brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, the William McCall of Way was unveiled there. And uh, I wasn't there personally, you know, but a lot of my cousins were over for it. And. Um, even that of we we were very proud was done, but at the time I couldn't make it myself, Joe. But um, and had had Willie got family? No, he was unmarried. Okay, and, he had nephews you... and nieces and grand nephews. Oh, okay, and so like so that. there are connections over there. Oh yeah, they had, he had he had a brother in uh, Mullingar. He had uh, the rest of them had immigrated to New York, and uh, his sister and my grandfather lived here on the farm and uh, worked from there. And did anyone else join the NYPD? No, not of our, our descendants, not that I know of, no. Okay. No, but, uh, yeah, for our own area here, from Wheeling and for, <coughs> excuse me, the McCallus, and uh, in Cork and in, all over the country and in different parts of New York, we're very proud <coughs> that there's a street called after him. And it's he got no he got no justice for his death, but um, mm-hmm. it's it's as the as the the policeman in charge of the commemoration said that he was acknowledged for what he'd done to save the to do his best for to save the public of New York. And have you got that clipping from the New York Sun about the the I murders? Have, yeah, I've all that information, Joe. Yeah, read that read that uh, out to me because that that's over time as well. Uh, you see, what you call it, then, at, uh, at uh, his eulogy, then, he was a man senior, uh, what's his name? Brand. Uh, Hen- Hen- brand. Hen- Hen- brand. He was a man senior brand. Yeah. But he, he quoted, why I'm quoting, uh, going towards okay. the Italian mafia, he said in his eulogy at the funeral that it would have been better what he called, there were vagabonds, cutthroats, and blackguards that were left into New York by um, a lenient New York law at the times. Mm. He said it would have been better if they had been dropped into the ocean before the boats entered New York Harbour. So this, yeah, but uh, when was the gangs in New York, that whole Italian-Irish rivalry? I know that was uh, the, the late... Was, that was a, there was a film made about it, yeah, actually, yeah, but that was yeah. late. 
That would have been later years, Joe, the 90, but I'd be the 30s, probably. Yeah. But I bought this was the start of them, like, in the, in the, in the 1900s, like, you know. And did the NYPD, did they offer a reward? They offered uh, $1,000 that time wow. for, um, for information, for uh, any information onto his death. And that's a lot but of money. Forward, there was a revolver found in a dustbin uh, around the corner from where he was shot the following day. Mm-hmm. But it was proved by the ballistics at the time that it hadn't been fired, that was put there as a decoy. As a decoy, so, oh, okay. Yeah, so like... Uh, and is there, a, is, is there anything to, to uh, William in Nakakumar, like in the church? No. No. Yeah, okay. Well, given, no. That he, given that he died in the line of duty, I know... He died in the line of duty, protecting, as the, as the, as the sergeant said, protecting the people of New York City, but there is not in, in, in the church, no, John, there isn't. Yeah, I just wonder was was he armed? Was were the the New York PD were they armed at that stage? I wonder. At that time, I don't know, but it wouldn't okay. have mattered because he was they, yeah, they shot just in the moved. back. Yeah, they they walked as he turned the corner. He wouldn't gone ten yards down the street from the tomb. By eyewitnesses' report, was the tomb in in long coats and hats and caps at that time. As opposed to they they come up straight behind him and shot him in the back. So he wouldn't have time to pull his revolver and say he was dead and, 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 and instantly. And that was March 1916, which is about a, a month, just a month before the Easter Rising. I'm just wondering... About a month before the did, Easter Rising, well, you think we'd, be, we'd it, be planning it at that time. Our ancestors would be planning to take the GPO at that time. But I'm wondering, did, was it big news in Ireland? Or was uh, it, was it overshadowed? Be, like, would there be great communications? That time it would take a while yeah, of course, the news yeah. come home. Yeah. You know, you're talking 170 years ago, George, but the, yeah. the lines wouldn't be that busy. And, and even as the you... Phones, s- there was hardly a phone in Wheeling at the time, you know. Back then, they wouldn't put you around here. And then by the time... OK, let's say it, it might have taken two or three weeks or even a month. But by then, the country was... Newspapers weren't publishing for for a, that, a few weeks yeah. because of the rising, and that was a big story. That was the rising was the big story. Yeah. So it's great. It's, it's, uh, what's your reaction when you heard they were going to name the street after you? Oh, I thought you... we were delighted. We were delighted. It was great that okay. there's a wheeling man up on the, up on the door. And <laughs> is he the only... The wall of uh, 67th Avenue in Queens. And is he the only person from Knockercomer that's uh, that's become famous, unfortunately, for the fact that he was a victim? for the wrong reasons. Well, because I suppose for Dr. Comer, probably yes, but uh, Vietnam Wheeling is famous for a lot of things. Joe, we're famous for limestone, we're famous for hurling, we're famous for uh, water, we have a unique church, and there's lots of things famous and about is, Wheeling. Are you, not, are you not the highest village in Ireland? We are the highest village in Ireland, Joe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fact. That's it's a fact, a farm, okay. It's a great community and a great place to live. Great place. Well done, and congratulations to you and your family. It's a pity it's in such sad circumstances, Jerry. But well I done. Know, Joe, well done. It's great. It's great to get the recognition. Yeah. From the New York YPD and from the and <laughs> New York City Council. It's great, late than ever, right? Okay, and as we know, the connection between uh, Ireland and the NYPD and the uh, New York Fire Department is just. Uh, incredible. Right. Well done, Jerry McCullough. So you're sitting in the kitchen now where you're, you're, where Willie would have sat? Well, Willie would have eaten his dinner. I'm looking out the, the window. Uh. Well, the, the house was um, a bit changed in the, in the 50s, but uh, it's still the same three rooms that he would have slept in and that he would have. And it's still the same beautiful view. Yes, the same beautiful view. Well, right. well done. Well done. Well done, Jer. Great talking to you. That's Jer McAuliffe, the great-grandnephew of uh, Patrolman Willie McAuliffe, and you will soon be able to get it on Google Earth as soon as they update it. Uh, look for Patrolman Willie McAuliffe Way uh, in New York. Back tomorrow at one forty-five on Sound. James Feeney, Demi Gergerty is, uh, uh, is the BCO, and Shana Gorm produce. And um, Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie